standing by to join me is Matthew Iglesias. Iglesias. He's the founder and senior correspondent for Vox. He's also hosts the political podcast, The Weeds, and is a regular contributor to NPR's All Things Considered. Welcome to the show. Really glad to be here. Matthew, how did you come up with the idea of this book, One Billion Americans? You know, somebody mentioned the phrase, One Billion Americans. I don't even remember where. And it kind of bounced around my head for days, for weeks. And I started, I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. But it kept coming back to me because I would see a political dispute about immigration. I would see a proposal about giving more money to parents of young kids to address child poverty. I would see an issue about China, about the NBA cracking down on a coach who said, um, you know, he wanted to support the Hong Kong protesters, but they wanted access to the Chinese market. And I started thinking, one billion Americans, one billion Americans. What if we aspired to stay the number one economic power on the planet forever? What if we put distance between ourselves? Not say we've got to have wars or you know huge conflicts, but just like we're going to be top dogs as we've been for the past hundred years. What if we address the problems of parents who are having trouble affording childcare? What if we saw immigration as a source of national strength rather than as something to worry about? And then you know yeah, there'd be problems. We'd have to address traffic jams. We need more houses. Of course. This but these are solvable problems fundamentally. Yeah. And if we had a national goal, we could motivate ourselves to solve them and to really be the kind of America that I think most of us want to be. We want to be an optimistic country, a growing country. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, a country that's diverse, right? That has lots of different kinds of people and different lifestyles, but has some unity of purpose instead of just screaming at each other constantly. Yeah. Um, time out for one second. Your mic's a little low. Oh, sorry. Let me just turn it up here. Okay. Uh, is, that, is, that, oh, is that better? That's a lot better. Okay. So, Matthew, considering we're in the midst of a pandemic, your book comes out. How has that, has that changed your way of thinking? Well, you know, something I don't talk about in the book, right, is like remote work. Um, I spend a fair amount of time worrying about, well, what if everybody wants to cluster in like New York and San Francisco and Seattle? And, you know, do we need like special programs to redistribute economic opportunities? Uh, now, you know, if I was to do it again, I would say, look, uh, we've got all kinds of white collar office workers have been working from home for months. I think that's not going to be the solution for everybody. But more than 0% of us who've been doing this are going to stick with it. I think so. Some companies will go all remote. So we will have, I think, more distribution of economic opportunity. Uh, we're going to have the opposite problem, right? Um, so office rents in New York and San Francisco are cratering. It's, a, it's a tax crisis. Yes. And so now, now I would say to those cities, look, embracing population growth is a way to solve some of the new problems that you have. Um, so I think the fundamental, the big picture fundamentals hold exactly the same. Some of the details, you know, You'd address them differently. It's a, unfortunately, the problem with the book is they, they take a long time to write and then it takes a while to publish. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But, you know, it's exciting, even though it is a pandemic. My heart goes out to you because I'm a published author. And 
your book tours are just not in person. They're virtual <laughs> and that's the way it goes, right? Yeah. And you know, I mean, that's too bad, right? I mean, I was really looking forward to visiting some of my favorite independent bookstores around the country, doing events with people, meeting people. Uh, it's been cool to, you know, do a lot of podcasts, do a lot of radio shows. Uh, but, you know, I, I like that stuff. I, I like to see the country and, you know, I miss it. You're based in Manhattan? Uh, no, I'm based in Washington, D.C. Okay. And how did you become co-founder of Vox? Uh, who knows? How, how do you do these things? Um, so, you know, so I, I knew uh, my co-founders, Ezra Klein and Melissa Bell, um, you know, from around town. We'd been working in the same industry for a long time, living in the same city, you know, having conversations with each other. And, you know, eventually sort of came together around an idea. And then we met Jim Bankoff, who's the CEO of Vox Media, which at the time was the publisher of The Verge, a great technology site, and SB Nation, which is a family of sports websites. And, you know, we talked to him and our idea and so the name Vox came from him we, we pitched it something else and that's how it came together and it's you know I mean it's a story about my personal life but also about why um uh, density can actually lead to great things, right? It's knowing people who, you know, do related work, right? Mm -hmm. And running into them and bouncing ideas off them and knowing them for a while. That's right. where a lot of innovation comes from, right? Nobody, uh, maybe somebody somewhere has like dreamed up a great invention all by themselves, like sitting in a cabin somewhere, but it's unusual, right? It normally takes collaboration. It takes inspiration. It takes a little bit of coincidence. Yeah. Although I have to say, I think I've had the most ideas I've ever had in this pandemic the past few months. I, <laughs> I, I launched another series called Outside the Box, and I'm just connecting with more people. And I think because you have to pivot in a time like this. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's finding ways to connect with other people, right? So now we have technology and it lets us connect with people at a distance, which is really cool, right? Yes. But it's like, if the people aren't out there, like I am more creative when I talk to other people. Oh, sure. It's not, you could think, oh, well, there's more people. So now they're going to like take all the good ideas, right? But that's not how ideas work right? If we don't have discussions with each other, we don't come up with anything. And it's how we get to have a more dynamic and a more prosperous society. That's how I came up with this show name. This, this show is called Get the <laughs> Funk Out. And I literally was in my own funk, went to a party, and I bounced the idea off a bunch of people and they were in hysterics. I thought, oh, there's my show name. There you go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, you know, I think speaking to that name, we are in a bit of a national funk. Right you now. bet. My big idea, I mean, my big idea is 1 billion Americans, but part of why that idea came to excite me is that it got me out of kind of an intellectual funk about politics. Mm -hmm. I live in DC, you know, it's like you talk to members of Congress and like they're in a funk, right? Like everybody hates it. And yeah. like, can't we do better than this? Can't we get out of this national funk by not like, not just having the same fights we're having, but like, let's, let's think about something else. Let's dream exactly. bigger. Right. Excellent. So I know we have to wrap up soon, but any little tidbits you'd like listeners to take away from the book and where can they find you? Sure. Um, so you can find me at Vox.com. Uh, you can find my podcast, The Weeds. I'm on Twitter all the time, Matt Iglesias. Uh, but here's the thing people need to know. A billion Americans, it sounds like a lot. If we had a billion, we would have the population density of France half the population density of Germany, a third the density of the United Kingdom. So it's not, it's a lot of people, but like it's fewer people than you would think. We could totally do it. Fantastic. I want to thank you so much. Are you also on social media? 
Oh yeah, I'm on on Twitter, Matt Iglesias. I'm, I'm I'm even on Instagram, but I'm not uh, not that active there. <laughs> All right, we just have about two more minutes. Any last bit of info from the book you want to add? Oh yeah. So look, um, people have a lot of questions about this. Like, how's it going to work environmentally? How's the traffic going to work? How's the housing going to work? And that's the book. Uh, if you've ever read sort of books about current affairs, a lot of the times. Um, I find them disappointing. The author will go on for nine chapters, like, here's a problem, getting you all geared up. And I might not get... even get that far, honestly. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, then the, and then the solutions, you got one chapter of solutions. It's like, yeah. oh, I don't really know. Um, so this is the opposite. Like, I, I set the problem out briefly because I don't, I don't want to bore people. Yeah. And then I really want to take the time to deliver the solutions. And if, you know, there's a transportation chapter, if you don't care about that, you can skip it. I won't, I won't be mad. Um, okay. But if you care, like dive in, like it's, it's trying to be fun. It's trying to be interesting. I know, I, I know, cause I know sometimes books about policy can be sort of tedious slogs and I, I really didn't want to do that. Well, good. Well, congratulations. Let's stay in touch. If you have Absolutely. updates, um, once you are back in live book tours, let me know. And I really, okay. this. thank you so much. Okay. I'm going to check out your podcast. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.